You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with Big Willie and the Samurai, bringing class to trash since All right, everybody, welcome to the GGTMC. We are back on the air and happy to be talking about everything Italia this week. Including Italia Tenna. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely that. Uh, always. Uh, anyway, yeah, sleazy Sammy. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so this week we uh, are returning to not the motherland, not for us anyway, maybe for your wife and your family, in laws, but not yeah. for us. <laughs> Uh, our motherland is here um but um yeah we're going back to italy with uh death steps in the dark from 1977 directed by maurizio Perdue. yeah uh, french uh, italian frenchman yeah and uh vengeance uh 1968 directed by antonio magaletti that's right. Which yeah. you have to say it that way because Eli Roth did so oh yeah every time i see his name now i always say in my head antonio magaletti <laughs> magaletti <laughs> well, we done. I think we've done some Margaretti before. Yeah, I know we've done some Margaretti. We've done before. your. But uh, as I said at the end of the show last week, this might be the first time we've done uh, a Richard Harrison film, which is really odd when you consider the type of films we covered that were 323, 24 episodes in. And we've never really covered a Harrison film, I don't think. Ooh, it's a tough one to say, though, because I'm always curious if he has popped up in something we watched, because we have done a couple of Godfrey Ho's. Yeah, he might have. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't we have think though, I, because I think we would have talked about him in more detail. Because we both have opinions on Mr. Harrison, and I'm sure we'll get into that. Yes. Um, but Claudio Camasso's back on the show. Uh, yes. John uh, Marie Valente's yeah, yeah, brother, who I always forget, but uh, he's great. Man, I, I love his outfit and vengeance. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'll tell you what. I didn't know that was his brother. And yep. that's one of my notes, is that he looks like the love child of Thomas Millian and Jean-Marie Avalante. Yeah, that's his brother. Claudio Man, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty great. He's, uh, he's, uh, he is. He's been in some really good films. Uh, like his brother, didn't do a whole lot of work. Actually did less than uh, his brother. But uh, $10,000 for Massacre is really good. Vengeance is mine. Some good stuff. Bay of Blood, he's in there. 
which is a good one. Yep. Yep. Garter Colt. That's that one. I, I, I think uh, uh, Shiftless posted that. I think it's a female spaghetti. Oh, wow. Yeah, Garter Colt, uh, starring Nicoletta Machiavelli. Machiavelli. Yeah, Machiavelli. Ho. Machiavelli. Machiavelli. Anyway. All right, so like I said last week, in full disclosure, we're actually recording this show right after we recorded last week's show. We don't have anything as far as what we've been watching. So the show will be a little shorter this week, but uh, we wanted to get a show out this week. Uh, Will's out of town. As we speak, as this show is out, Will is out of town. He is in uh, sunny L.A., uh, hanging out with our West Coast uh, factions out there in L.A., which uh, sadly I could not make it this time, but we will we will do L.A. another time. because uh, will. There's too much to do in L.A., and even Will's not going to get to do everything he's going to want to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, I definitely won't. Um, i got to come correct with the white leather pants, though. And yes. I'm sure as I say this, I'm having a blast there. Yes, I'm sure you are as well. Very envious. I hope to see lots I of... Wish, I really wish you were there. Yeah, I know. It's just bad timing, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll work it out. It's not... You know, it's, I mean, for me and you, it's not, it's not really too pricey to go out there. So it's no. not, uh, I, I told my wife, I said, after we get a few things um, knocked off the to-do list, uh, I think I'm going to go back out there. She's yeah. like, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> get, out, get out of the house, I don't care. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to go back because I do, uh, L.A. takes a bad rep, but I do love the city. Uh, and if you're a movie lover, I don't care what anybody says. I know it's Hollywood, but if you're a movie lover, L.A.'s great. Oh, yeah. But also, if you're a GGTMC person, LA is even better. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I do want to say one thing very, very, very quickly, what, what I've been watching. Uh, I've had the pleasure over this month of watching Game of Thrones, and I just want to quickly implore all of you that don't watch it because you're put off by the notion of it being set in like medieval times or fantasy. Put that aside because that's my least favorite shit in the world. Yeah. And this has become my favorite TV show of all time. I had told, spoken to you off the air very quickly, but an episode in season four, the second last one, where there's a big battle at the, the yeah. ball, it's called. Yeah. And it's the greatest hour of TV I've ever seen. Neil Marshall directed it, and it's just tremendous. So I would really implore all of you, if you listen to our show and you trust our tastes, yeah. please, both of us, I can say now, are big fans of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah. I don't know if it's my favorite show of all time, but it is certainly, it's certainly my favorite show right now. Oh, yeah. It's cool. I've watched a lot of shows over the years. Uh, but uh, oh man, it's it's a great show, and I'm chomping at the bit for season five. And uh, yeah, uh, big time, man. It's a big it's time. a big time GGTMC recommend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well we, written. We don't talk about know. TV much on the show because oh. we it's a film show. We're a film show, yeah. Because um, I could talk about TV all the time. I watch a few shows, but um, yeah, we don't talk about it all the time. But yeah, I, I know. And, and we're, trust me, we're, not, we're uh, Will's coming to it a little bit later. I'm not late to it. I've been with it since the beginning, but. I'm glad you've uh, watched it, and I'm really glad you've enjoyed it because I do know, uh, knowing you personally, that it's you know that's not a genre you pursue. So, but <laughs> no, at the down. same time, it it lets you know it shows you that good writing and quality stuff. It doesn't matter what genre it's in. If it's if it's good, it's good, and that's all. But that's just it. it, man. And it's yeah. the thing is, people are mis- maybe misunderstanding is it's a film largely about the writing, the acting, and the backdoor dealing in subterfuge. It's almost like a crime show with all these different families vying for power yeah. in that age <laughs> yeah. Yeah, versus yeah. dragons and wizards and cauldrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's fa- there's fantasy elements, but they're not there too, and there's not, it's not too much, I don't think. And they're built up organically enough that you actually really dig them. Yeah, like, yeah. You actually, so anyway. you actually look forward to seeing the dragons. Yeah, you do. No, you totally do. And I didn't want to digress, but I just I want to implore people that aren't watching it, fucking get on that train, man. Yeah, get on it. It's a good one. It's 
it's a good train to get on. I, I'm envious, obviously, sometimes with people who get to, to uh, cram like you guys did, like you and your wife oh, did. Man, one month, we got four years of. <laughs> yeah, that's 40 yeah. episodes, 40 hours of TV you guys knocked out in one month. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm envious of that sometimes because uh, that sometimes with television shows, that's sometimes the best way to uh, experience them. Sometimes. Not all the time, but a show like Game of Thrones, I think it is. Like, it's such a good show that after everyone ends, you want. You, you know, you're fiending for that next episode. So, Oh, big time, man. I can't imagine what's going to happen after this series ends. And I'm just like, fuck. Well, ne- next year, this season's going to be rough for you anyway. Because if you guys watch it real time, you're going to have to Every wait week. a week. <laughs> Which is, let's watch four episodes in a row and just binge. Yeah, yeah, just go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you guys dug it, though. I'm glad. Like I said, I wish I could have been there with you guys to watch your faces. Oh. <sighs> Oh, man. And lay in the middle of the bed between you two. Yes, with the satin sheets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, the the uh, the uh, I wish I could have seen your faces because I, I watched the show by myself, but even then my wife's seen me watching it and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, this show is insane. <laughs> yeah, all bets are off. Yeah, I was telling her, I remember the Giants, the, the episode you're talking about, I was oh, telling her man. about it, and here I am as this 41-year-old man saying, it's awesome, and then they shoot this big spear, and these fucking Giants are like, Wah! and you know, it's like, Wah! And, oh, I, yeah. and she's like, yeah. you're like a fucking kid. I'm like, yeah, I know, that's what it felt like. Yeah, this is going to sound so dorky, but if you've seen the show, you'll get it. I got chills when you said that, because that is a fucking amazing moment. I know. I know. Amazing, and it's going to sound so dorky to people that don't watch the show, but I can tell you, for those who know, you know, man, that moment was dynamite. Yes, it was. So, All right, so we're not going to take a break. We're just going to go right into the first review. What you got a preference on which one you want to do first? Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's do Vengeance. Sure. Okay. Let me. Uh, I'll plot some episodes. I'll let you lead on if you want to. Oh yeah. Uh, Vengeance, nineteen sixty-eight, also known as Joko and Vantgadio Imole. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, there's an interesting gaffe in this film for me, uh, and I think you'll see it too. But uh, we'll talk about it in a minute. A man tracks down the five outlaws who murdered his brother, all while being shadowed by a mysterious Pinkerton detective. Again, directed by Antonio Margaretti, starring Richard Harris. Well, no, we should say directed by Anthony M. Dawson. Yeah, this is his, his, his uh, pseudonym. Yeah, it's his Tony Dawson pseudonym. Uh, there's varied opinions on Margaretti. Uh, he's certainly a competent director. Maybe not a master, but uh, I've always he's enjoyed. Yeah, I've always enjoyed most of his work. Absolutely. Um, he didn't do a whole lot of spaghettis, I don't think, uh, that I can recall. But this is the one. This is one of the ones that. Uh, I remember. Also, this has got a great tagline. Five men held the balance of death. His revenge explodes in a blaze of hellfire. Oh, yeah. That is a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like Richard Harrison, Claudia Camasso, uh, Werner Pochath coming back on the show, and a few other character actors here and there. Guido Lola Brigada, who I don't know if it's Gina's brother. That's a good question. Could be. She was delicious, though. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. Yeah, she was delicious. One of my all-time favorites. She's dynamite, man. He's been on the show before, though. He was in uh, Django, Prepare a Coffin. Oh, nice. Uh, the uh, Terrence Hill one, where you know, Terrence Hill took over or whatever. But he, he's Oh, we should say the return of Luciano Pigozzi, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's always in. He's in all of them. He's in all, most all of Par, uh, Margaretti's films. I bet he has some great stories. You know, he's still alive. I bet he has some great stories. No doubt. He, covered, he was in almost, I think, every genre except the cannibal genre. Yeah. Uh, but he was in Yore. He was in Codename Wild Geese, Strike Commando. I mean, he worked with some of the fucking greats of Italian cinema. 
big time. I mean, well, greats for us, maybe not. Yes, <laughs> maybe not Vittorio De Sica or you know some of those people, <laughs> Fellini or people like that. Yeah. But, you know. uh, anyway, um, yeah. So this is the first time you've seen this, right? It sure is. All right, so let's it see sure what is. you thought we of. See this is on YouTube for people that want to play along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on YouTube in full. There's a Spaghetti Western channel on YouTube. That's yep. a pretty handy resource for uh, Spaghetti Western fans because there's a yeah. lot of stuff on there. Some cool stuff, some deep cuts that maybe aren't as well known, which yeah, I have to rep for that as well. So it's funny, you know, you go to Google this film or IMDb this film, Vengeance. We've actually covered a film named Vengeance on our show before with oh, the yeah, uh, Wolf right, Goblin King. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. and But even just Google or IMDb Vengeance, there's so many GGTMCS films. Like, <laughs> yeah. And there's one with like T. Lung. Like a Hong Kong film, there's the Johnny Toe film. The, the title is very simple but very evocative because yeah. Yeah. one of the most powerful themes in film and especially in genre film that we love is revenge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's very clearly you here. Know, I, I said that he had never been on our show before, but that's not true. I think you and Aaron covered Mad Dog Killer with uh, Helmut Berger. Did, did yeah. You? Yeah, we did. And Marissa Mel. They have Harrison's in that. Oh man, I don't remember him in that. I remember that's more of like the Helmet Burger Marissa Mel show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's in that. So technically, he has been on the show before. Oh wow! But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I want to talk about Harrison for just just a quick minute here. I, I feel like he's an actor who I've often said I feel like his reputation, well, not his reputation precedes him, but for me, he is a black hole of charisma. Man, when you see his like almost confused looking face in. All these Filipino action films, the Godfrey Ho films, and the, the fucking Garfield phone, and the Ninja Headband. You know, it just it just seems like he's going through the motions. Like he did a lot of films. Like there's a few films he did in the Philippines that look amazing on the poster, but no, how no. we still get duped into that one is beyond me. But well, it comes down to one thing: Richard Harrison looks good. Well, I was going to say to you, the interesting thing about this film. Is that see one of the big things if you know a lot about spaghetti westerns and tough guy cinema is that originally Sergio Leone wanted Richard Harrison yeah. for the man with no name role. Yeah, it's one of the I think great- Harrison said thanks but no thanks. Yeah, it's one of the great oh whoops, <laughs> it's one of the great whoops in big cinema history. Time. Big time. So, but I can see having seen this film, yeah. which is after those films. Yes. Um, Harrison has an amazing, he's a good looking dude, like, but in the perfect way where he's ruggedly handsome yeah. and he's very good in the film. He's he lively. He has a charisma. Yeah. Um, I can see what the appeal is now versus Garfield phone, Richard Harrison. Yeah. I, I, I think there's two different sides to Richard Harrison. There's the Italian years. And yes. then unfortunately there's the years when Italy dried up and they ended up in the Philippines and then Hong Kong and, of course, you know, Richard Harrison himself has mentioned several times that he's always regretted doing the Godfrey Ho thing because he feels like that tarnished his career. He paid for like one film with yeah. did six or whatever. And it may have tarnished his career in some ways. Certainly, I mean, it had some effect. There's no doubt. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. he is a perfectly serviceable actor. And yeah. I think what this film shows, and one of the reasons why I picked it, is that you can see what Leone saw. You can see what totally the, the Italian saw. Because he, uh, he did Peplum movies before this. He was kind of a, a little bit of a bodybuilder. Uh, so he did stuff like Avenger of the Seven Seas, Invincible Gladiator, Two Gladiators, stuff like, like piratey that. piratey kind of shit. Yeah, he did some of the – I think he did a couple of the spy movies. They, they went through that spy thing in the mid-60s. Oh, Euro spy mid-60s, yeah. Yeah. And then he got into the westerns for a little while. Um 
and he was fine in those. But you could see that Leone liked his his stature, his his look, and all of that kind of comes through. I think perfectly in Vengeance. I think he's in a couple other westerns before that. Actually, it looks like only one. But for me, they kind of all. I can see when I saw Vengeance, I can see what Leone saw. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and I can say. As iconic as that role is, I could see him in this role without missing a beat. Mm-hmm. He's he's good in this film, man. He really fits the bill. One of the more bizarre lead sort of hero names in a spaghetti western, Joko Barat. Yeah, he's called it's Joko. Spelled like a like a Finnish name. His name's almost Finnish or something. Yeah, Joko Barat. But in the movie, they call him Roko. Maybe Yoko Roko. Who knows? <laughs> he can be my Yoko Ono. It's a great name though, Joko Barat, Yoko Barat, yeah. whatever. It's a great name. Yeah, it is. It totally is. But um, you know he's uh, he's very good in the film. Um, Who do we say? Claudio Camasso was John Maria Volante's brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's good in the film. This has a really good set of kind of character actors and and faces. The thing it, it does what a lot of spaghettis do well, and that's great faces, great locations, yeah. adding a really pulpy feel to the genre. Yeah. And a lot of dust and grit and kind of a little bit grim and sleazy. Uh, Mariangela Giordano is really beautiful in the film. Uh, yeah, um, she is, yeah, yeah. Her and uh, what's her name? Uh, there's another woman. There's two women in the film. Spella is it? Spella Rotzen. She's uh, she's all. There's a redhead and the, the dark hair girl. Both of them are good looking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you get all those things. I mean, it's a recipe for a pretty solid film. They almost Great have scene. as much eyeliner on as Richard Harrison does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. He loved he loved that. That Maybelline. Yeah. Well, I think it's because his eyes were a little, they're, they're a little narrow. Sleepy. Yeah, yeah, they're a little narrow and stuff. I think that eyeliner makes his eyes pop a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure if he's wearing eyeliner, but it looks to me like he's wearing I think eyeliner. we know for sure. Yeah. And in the words of one Fabian, I don't know for sure, but I know for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Mr. Uh, yeah, Mr. Godfrey Ho, uh, Richard Harrison. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so solid theme. I like the theme for this film. I love hearing some of these kind of B-side uh, spaghetti western themes. This one's really good. Um, and I love the shot, the way it opens up with this man on the ground. It's kind of like this aerial shot. And he's tied up. And every appendage is tied to a different horse. Yeah, yeah. It's a really nasty kind of down and dirty thing that, you, you know, you didn't see that in a lot of the the kind of clean 50s westerns. And that's one of the things that the spaghettis really do is they show the cruelty of man and how hard and harsh the, the frontier and the the land and the men were at the time. Yeah, and the great thing about that is, is the uh, kind of vengeance device. Harrison's got like five pieces of rope yeah. that he carries with him. The great spaghetti western type device of five pieces of rope, and every one he takes out, he throws the rope on him. It's really great. Yeah, it is great, man. It's a real, it's really cool kind of macho shit. Yeah. Um, really great rocky terrain. I don't know where they shot this. Probably Spain, I'm guessing, but mm-hmm. it looks a little bit a little bit more inhospitable than even some of the stuff we normally see. Yeah, I'm going to look and see. It says uh I don't don't have any locations on the IMDb, so but I would assume uh, like we 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 probably could safely assume it's probably Spain. Yeah. Around that area. Maybe not uh what that town was called, Almeria, Almeria or whatever it is. Almeria, I think it is, yeah. yeah. But definitely has that look and that feel. Very rocky though, and there's some caves in this one and stuff like that. It's yeah, very totally it's is. very dark in spots too. Like the interiors in this are pretty dark. I think that um, you know another person I really like in the film, and I always like when you kind of get like these kind of two good guys and the roads are all leading towards one thing is um, Paolo Gozzolino, who plays the Pinkerton sheriff or Pinkerton detective, whatever it is. 
he was in Django the Bastard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got a great face, great little pencil, thin mustache, and, you know, it, it really great. Um, I have to say, I never, I don't know if I'd ever mentioned it before, but you know who in this room I finally realized who Pigozzi reminds me of is Peter Lorre. Yeah, you know who, it's funny you say that. I said in my note here, he looks like a mix between Peter Lorre and a young Orson Welles. Yeah. He really yeah. does, man. Like at a certain point, there's certain shots in this where I thought, man, he looks like Orson Welles. <laughs> Big time. No, he totally does. He totally does. We have to say, too, 68, you're getting towards the back end of the spaghetti cycle. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yep. You know, because at this point, 68 was when I think Bandits in Milan came out. The I think is it Carlo Lazzani. So that kind of kicked off the whole Euro crime thing. And, you know, people like Lee Van Cleef and some were hung around into the early 70s. But the genre was, was really on its last legs by then. Yeah, I think uh, well, Once Upon a Time in the West was 68 too, wasn't it? Probably. I, I would say so. 67, 68, 69. Yeah, it certainly was around there. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, we already said Dat Busty guitarist. We already talked about. Yeah. Um, man. I'll tell you, the one dude at the bar, when we first see that scene, he's got a very Don Cherry-esque suit. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. That's yeah. a pretty busy suit for the time, man. Yeah, before I knew you and uh, before I came to Canada, uh, I didn't really know much about Don Cherry. But now I know everything about Don Cherry and I know everything about those suits. Man, those suits are stuff of legend for sure. Yeah. Um, Certainly stuff of something. Yeah, no kidding. Oof. Um, Look like my grandmother's old couch upholstery. Big time, man. <laughs> Big time. Um, I love, uh, there's a great knife throw in that saloon, which is, you know, always good to see. Oh, uh, yeah. Really the, cool. The saloon stuff in in this in this film is good. There's a couple of great it, moments. It is good. And it's, again, populated with really great faces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Really great faces. I like the saloon kind of moment. With, yeah, the whiskey bottle moment where he's got, like, the bad arm. He's, like, he's left-handed, so he picks up the, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tells him no, he's left-handed. Is. Pretty great. No, it is good. And just um, with the uh, yeah, just with the table and everything, a yeah, good bar fight. You know, one thing in all the spaghetti westerns, you know, you've seen more than I have, and all the ones even I've seen, which is a fair bit. One thing I'd never seen until this film. You can tell me if you've seen this otherwise. Which seems, in hindsight, to be such an obvious instrument of death: spurs to the throat. Yeah, <laughs> Ugh. yeah, just a nasty way to go, wouldn't it? Ugh. Man, all the dirt in there, and that thing's getting infected, and you're dying quickly. Spurs sound great, and they look great, but I don't know. I don't. Not very practical. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I understand what they're used for and what they were used for and stuff. It's just, I don't know. They're very strange. Yeah, they are. Yeah, set dressed very well. Um, I love the line. It's it's really like a real great kind of classic spaghetti western line. The only place to do any business in this town is the cemetery. Yeah. Just talking about just like a town of death, basically. Yeah. There's a lot of great lines, actually, from Harrison's character. He's got a lot of great, you know, tough guy lines in the film. I didn't write any of them down, but. No, he does have He's got a few sure. great, like, you know, vengeful lines that he says. It's pretty fun. Let me see. Uh, uh, yeah, there's one where he says, what, I've, what I do, what I have to do has to be done alone. Oh, yeah. That's very lone wolf stuff. Yeah, very Western. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I really like the cave setting, which is again it's something we don't really see and, in uh, yeah. in the genre. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to see. And I, I wish they had have explored the, the detective character more. I think, much like we saw in um, a few dollars more. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the riffing on that thing a little bit. This this film almost feels like, and I mean this is a note, and I, I have no proof of this. And our friend Mike's talked to Richard Harrison. And he's friendly with him and stuff. But it almost feels like 
almost like a a makeup for wishing he would have done the Leone Westerns. It almost feels like that. Now, I don't know yeah. that. I mean, he was a working actor, Harrison. He worked a lot. So it's not like he you know, was picky and choosy too much. Mm-hmm. But it's weird that he passed on something like a fistful of dollars. Um, and then, you know, of course, then, you know, two or three years, or three years later, I guess, three or four years later, he's into, he ends up in this like shit. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Cause I mean, this feels like, it feels like a, you know, like a, a makeup, you know, like, like maybe I should have done that. It but, is, but sadly for him, it's too little too late. Yeah. You know, there's another thing I, I didn't notice this until this film though, but the Richard Harrison should get cast as like Guy Pierce's dad in a film. Oh man, yeah, totally. Yeah, or Guy Pierce should play Richard Harrison in a biopic. That'd be cool, yeah. Because <laughs> Guy Pierce and him have some very striking similarities in their faces, especially this younger Richard Harrison in this film. Yeah, he's a good-looking dude in this, but I guess the perfect balance of of ruggedly handsome. Yeah, he's got a good walk. He's got a solid walk. Yeah, he, he look, does. Looks he's got re- good stubble. Yeah, it looks really good, man. Nice leather shirt, uh, good stubble, like you say, and nice, and he's, you know properly dirty uh just you know he, he looks cool in the movie yeah no he he totally does um i don't really have any more notes in the interest of paring this down so yeah I'll over you. yeah this is gonna be like i say a shorter shorter show this week uh i'm surprised you didn't bring up the toothpicks in the eyes scene oh man yeah that's the very uh, opera <laughs> dario argento yeah isn't that crazy yeah that's that I mean. is man that was good uh, i like that a lot too uh well you said Werner poches in the film he plays a character named kid so yeah. it's always good to bring Werner back. It seems like every time we pick a film lately, Werner pops up. He does, man. <laughs> the, he worked a lot. Especially the Italian films. I think like the last three Italian films I've picked, Werner Pochath has been in them. So I don't know how that happened, but whatever. But he did, yeah, he worked a lot. And he's got a great face. He looks, he always reminds me, like I say, the, he's like the German Jerry Reed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Son? And uh, <laughs> he's, <laughs> oh, Gator in the swamp there. Yeah. Uh, but I, the, the film does fill me like a little bit of regrets for not picking up on Fistful of Dollars and maybe kind of cashing in later toward the back end of the Spaghetti Western boom because 68, like you said, is the back end. So, you know, he's trying to get there. Oh, hang on. A little bit of a yard. It's too early. Um, I like a lot Claudio Camasso's outfit and his look. He's almost got like a pancake makeup on. I was That was one of my notes I left out was his pancake makeup and top hat. Yeah, and of course when you know he's – like like Will said, you know, he wrote down that he looks like a, one of the brothers of John. When you know that he's a brother of uh, John Maria Volante, you see it completely in his face. Yeah, uh, I saw it even without knowing that. Like I said, Milian and Volante were the two faces that came yeah. to mind. Milian because of the performance and Volante because of the look. Yeah, yeah, he's got both going on in, uh, in here. He, he's having a lot of fun in the movie. Um, it's weird. If there's one drawback for me for this movie is that they tell the movie some in flashback and it gets confusing. For me, because I, I have to admit, I found some of it muddled. I wasn't quite sure what was happening. Yeah, because I didn't know who was the young Rocco. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't quite understand because everybody else looks the same. Like uh, Claudio Camasso's character, when they see him, you see him toward the back end. You see, and at some point, I'm not giving this away because I don't think it's spoiler. But at some point, I thought Claudio Camasso's character was killed. So yeah. then, when he pops up back again at the end, I'm like, okay, so <laughs> maybe he faked his death. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but. Um, yeah, I like Richard Harrison a lot. I like when he's—I like that small scene where he's uh, sawing off the shotgun. Uh, I like that quite a bit. He saws it off quick. The guy's pretty handy with a file and a knife. Yeah. Uh, saws it off pretty yeah. quick, but I like that quite a bit. This film definitely has a feel of like a hang 'em high, like a Clint Eastwood western. 
Yeah, yeah, it does. That, that sort of mythological kind of revenge, that otherworldly revenge almost. Yeah. And revenge and westerns, they just go hand in hand. There's something about revenge and westerns. Uh, I think it's the frontier attitude of, you know, you get out into the world where there's no real law to kind of watch over you. You know, you take the law into your own hands. You know, you did me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong type of attitude. Yeah. So those those two things go together very well. Now, of course, we know revenge goes well in any genre because it's a very easy, uh, dramatic tool and a very prime motivator for most human beings, I would say. I mean, if you're going to tell me you've went through life ever and not had a feeling where you wanted revenge, you're crazy because I think everybody has you're had lying. This Yeah, you're lying, especially if you're a male. Maybe maybe a female I could see it because maybe that's not in their character as much. But certainly, Fair or sex, yeah. yeah. But certainly with men, it's, uh, I'm going to get that motherfucker back. Beastly urges, yeah. He slighted me. I'm going to get him back. <laughs> he hit me in the face with a pie. <laughs> a hair pie. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd be upset with him with that. He's right yeah. happy. <laughs> um, I think what I would have liked more in this film, I think I like the vengeance angle. I, I didn't like the flashbacks that much, but I think... It would have been nice if some more of that bad guy stuff with Werner and the, you know, once once they get to the scene where the, we had Werner and them sending the Indian out to track him, mm-hmm. from that point on, we get a lot of the bad guys kind of closing in on Richard Harrison, on the Rocco character. <laughs> yes. I wish there would have been a little bit more of that, um, the way they kind of kind of come together. It seems like it takes a little too long to get there. The closing to this film is pretty great. It's uh, The finish is off pretty good. A pretty, pretty solid Western-type closing. Uh Kind of walking into the sunset type deal. Uh, oh yeah, uh, which I quite liked. But yeah, I think one of the, I mean one of the reasons I wanted to pick this one, I think Margaretti gets, uh, in my opinion, uh, maybe not in our circles, but certainly in my opinion, I think Margaretti kind of and and look he 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 made some bad movies, okay, but I think he gets kind of slighted as a complete hack, and I don't think he was that. I think he was a very good workman director who made some yes. solid films. But he also he also made some turds. I mean, you know, I got to he see his film turds. in 1973 called Mr. Hercules Against Karate. Yeah, that's an outstanding title. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's got a great poster, too. I mean, a fucking great poster. Mr. Hercules Against Karate? Yeah. yeah. I'm on it. Uh, it's insane. I don't even know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the... Um, yeah, but I, I think he made some good films, and this is a great example. Um, I mean, he did make some stuff that I oh, would... Oh, what a poster. Right. <laughs> he beautiful. Did, he did make some stuff that I would agree is, like I say, a little bit turdish. But, uh, not Turkish, but turdish. Um, but uh, he did make some very solid stuff as well. Codename Wong. Oh. No. What are you talking is about? Is this a Bud Spencer film or something? I don't think so. No. I think it's another it's actor. bearded dude. It looks like... Uh, yeah, I think the actor's name is uh, Tom... Scott, Tom Scott, Alberto Tarantina, Tarantina. Hmm. He only did four films, and that was it's, his debut. So I'm assuming they the probably, Italian title is Ming Ragazzi. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about this Alberto Tarantina. Uh, in Germany, it's Zwei Tolle Hunde. In Hong Kong. <laughs> I'm looking for images of Alberto Tarantino to see if uh, there's any images of him. That this looks like he was a big actor, just like a big guy. Hercules, man, yeah, he's fucking. He's doing like the the Ultimate Warrior gorilla press to some motherfucker on the cover. <laughs> I mean, oh, a Carlo Ponti production, nice. Yeah, movie's got to be trashy as all hell, because like I say, 
thing about Margarita, Margarita, he did make some good films, but he did make some <laughs> some garbage as well. So, you know, to each their own. But yeah, uh, yeah. So that's one of the reasons, and that I, I picked it for that reason. And I picked it also because we always kind of joke a little bit about Richard Harrison, and rightfully so. I mean, in the eighties, uh, he got roped into a bad deal, <laughs> and uh, you know. Like Will said, there's some posters and some pictures from films that he did in that period where you think, man, that's got to be awesome. Track suits and Garfield phones and all that stuff. But they tend to, those films tend to end up being a bit of a bore. Yes. So, uh, sadly, unfortunately. So, but you know, uh, I'm glad that uh, there are films out there that exist uh, that, you know, with him in it that show the kind of charm and kind of the appeal. That because uh, a lot of people always you know when we it's almost always a topic of conversation when we talk about fistful of dollars we always talk about that Richard Harrison passed on it and that Leone wanted Bronson the most I think he offered it to Harrison Harrison passed and then Harrison actually himself recommended Clint Eastwood uh, which has got to be a you'd think if that's true though you'd think that Eastwood would probably pay him back in some way. You would hope that over the years he would have cast him in some of his films. Yeah. Or at least put in a good word to, like, Siegel or someone. Yeah, you would think that. So that's why I've always kind of had problems with that part of the story. Because I wonder where those guys would have crossed paths. Because as far as I know, Eastwood didn't do anything in in Italy until uh, Fistful of Dollars. Yeah. As far as I know. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty positive on it. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm glad you dug it. So let's do uh, Make or Breaks and uh, whatnot. Make or break is that cave finale. I uh, really dug it, man. It's uh, man. I'm watching the trailer for Mr. Hercules versus Karate. It's insane. I'm going to send it to you. It's ridiculous. Uh, what feats of strength this this dude has. Uh, he's pulling down fucking like uh, like uh, like hydro towers. You don't have to send it. I'm, I'm going to Google search it right now. Oh my gosh. This guy breaks champagne bottles in half with a flick of the wrist. It's amazing. I just type in Mr. Hercules and immediately says Mr. Hercules against karate. <laughs> yeah. Man. Easy to, easy to find. Yeah. Um, so Make or Break is the cave finale. MVT. I'm going to go with Margaretti because yeah. I almost want to go with Harrison because who knows, right? Right. But uh, ah, as great as Harrison is, I feel like there's a lot of really interesting elements to this film. You know, stuff we don't see all the time. And, uh, you know, it's uh, quite uh, quite interesting. The cave and the way the villains and the kind of the method of like the revenge with the ropes and everything. So very cool. And I think, you know, there's like a pretty nasty little female in it, which works. And, um, man, this is ridiculous strength. Um, <laughs> my score is a 7 out of 10. This I'm, is, watching, this is, I'm watching it now. I love, I already, even though I don't know if I like this movie, I absolutely love the Mr. Hercules character. <laughs> yeah, he is so much stronger than, it's like it's like a dad taking on a two-year-old in a wrestling match. <laughs> it's amazing. He's got a great fucking beard, too. He does. He, he looks like, uh, what's his name? Fuck, he was a match, the, um, the football player that did, uh, John Matuzak, is it? Yeah. Did you see him open that champagne bottle? Yeah, yeah, he cracked it in half with a flick of his wrist. <laughs> he just wow. tears shirts off. He's got like a fucking plaid suit and a cowboy hat. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very. Oh man, amazing. we might have to. We might have to see this soon. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, this will either be the worst movie I've ever. Uh, Tom Scott, that's him. Tom Scott. Yeah. 
I wonder if he was a football player or anything. I don't oh, know. He was Italian. He was Italian using an American name. Right? Yeah, and he was. Uh, this is his first film, so I'm assuming he was probably plucked. Like you know, they probably did like an open casting call. I'm just looking for a big burly guy, and they found one. For a beard. This fucking trailer's terrible, though. Are they fucking is somebody shooting it with a camera or something? I think they shot it off the TV. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. God damn, he's throwing some big shit around though. Man. <laughs> Fuck yeah, we gotta we gotta see this at some point. <laughs> Mr. Hercules against karate. That's amazing. That's a great title. All right, so did you, uh, did you give your score already? A seven. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, we're on the same page with this one. Uh, my favorite scene, I like the bar scene with the uh, kid quite a bit. I like the way that plays out, the Werner Pocheth uh, scene with the bar, and that, that works out well. My MVT, I wrote down Harrison or Antonio because I, I did, I like you, I struggled. Uh, but I'm going to go with Margaretti as well because I think the film itself is solid. Harrison's good in the movie, no doubt. Um, but Margaretti, I mean, this is a good film. Except for some, like I say, that, that flashback shit. Uh, pretty solid stuff all the way through and through. I mean, I, I can't really think of anything. I mean, really, the only slight I got is the flashback stuff. Um, yeah. So not really anything else I can think of. So Margaretti for the MVT and score is also a 7 out of 10. Solid spaghetti. You could do much worse in this genre. Um, I highly recommend people check it out. And like uh, Will said earlier, it's on YouTube in full, so definitely check it out. If ever, if anyone has a copy of this film, please private message us. Mr. Harkey's Against Karate, that is. Yeah. If you can find, it's, it's hard to find. Yeah, I'd imagine it might be. Also, if you're listening to the show right now, pause it and go watch the trailer to Mr. Harkey's Against Karate. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you won't regret it. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a break. Let's just jump right back. We really are pinched for time. Rolling, yeah. rolling, rolling. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna hear little feet in a little while. Either it'd be puppy feet or it'd be little children feet. It's gonna as be- long as it's not Mr. Karate feet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't want those feet. Mr. Karate or Mr. Hercules. <laughs> Mr. Oh man, Mr. Hercules. Yeah. I wonder who Mr. Karate is. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a Mr. Karate? I'm sure there probably is a film called Mr. Karate. I'm going to check right now. You keep you synopsis. Or I guess I have to synopsize. Uh, yeah. yeah well, you can if you want to. Yeah. Oh, there is a Mr. Karate who's <laughs> in the King of Fighters. <laughs> of course. Um, uh, so this film, Death Steps in the Dark, an Italian reporter is traveling on the Istanbul to Athens train. A woman is murdered with the reporter's letter opener. So that makes him the main suspect. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. They call it. A picked, kni- they kept calling it a knife in the film. I was like, "That's a letter opener." It's a letter opener. So yeah, Maurizio Prado uh, directed seven things. Um, so let's hear what uh, what you got to say about it. All right. So uh, you kind of messaged me, said, "Hey, let's do uh, let's do back to back shows because I'm going to be out of town." I said, "Yeah, cool. Uh, I want to do as yellows." What you said, I said, "Cool." You started throwing off titles like crazy. I said, "Cool," but I had to actually kind of. <laughs> You know, look for them. Uh, so I just kind of said, well, that Death Steps in the Dark, I've never heard of that. Uh, what is that? A great title. I like the title a lot. Death yeah, Steps in the Dark. Great title. Passi de morte perduti na buio. I don't. <laughs> Give it a shot there. Um, so anyway, it's on YouTube in full. So another reason to go ahead and do it. Easy access to it. Uh, it is uh, dubbed, which uh, is a bit painful when it comes to the lead cop part, uh, played by Robert yeah. Weber. <laughs> Yeah, uh, who uh, does one of these Italian jobs where he shows up and basically sits behind a desk most of the time. Yeah. Um, he's been in some good films. I like that actor. He's uh, been in a few good movies. Uh, I think Robert was, Weber? Yeah. Wasn't, yeah, he's been on a show before. Wasn't he in uh, Alfredo Garcia? Yeah, he was yeah. one of the uh, the hitmen. That's right. But he's been in a few other things. Yeah, 12 Angry Men. Yeah. 
Dirty Dozen. Yeah, he's he's a good actor, a uh, good solid kind of tough guy actor. Yeah, um, and comedic actor as well. Pretty good. Uh, but this is a deep cut. This is definitely a deep cut because I'd never heard of it, never seen it. I didn't even know Leonard Man had done a Giallo. So shot in Greece by an Italian with a French last name. And uh, I've mentioned my thoughts on Leonard Mann before. I, I like him. I don't love him. Uh, I like him more than you do, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, you like him more than me. Um, he's serviceable, don't get me wrong. I think he's totally serviceable, but I don't love him as much as some. Uh, I, do this, like, I do like his spaghetti western stuff, though. I do like uh, Forgotten Pistolero and uh, what's it called, that other one, The Unholy Four. I think it's would got this be the speed. episode where you and I pitch americans that worked in italy on each other that the other one's more lukewarm on could be <laughs> between richard Harrison and leonard mann yeah it could be it could be <laughs> although yeah uh, yeah 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 in leonard mann's defense if he'd have made as many films as uh as richard harrison he may he may have a worse reputation uh he really he's been on the show before obviously napoli spara which is a great underseen euro crimer yeah and i, I had I like, like I, I know I, I like that film a lot i had some issues with him in the film, I think uh, again he's going up against uh, Silva in that, right? So yeah, I mean it's really hard for me to love somebody as much as I love Silva. Oh uh, yeah, but you know, and but he's also going up against the uh, Merrily uh, Double and Jeff Blinn. That's you know, right, man. You know, Blinn, <laughs> the Blinn Blinn. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, he is better than Jeff Blinn. I'll get that out there. So <laughs> I at least like Leonard Mann more than I like Jeff Blinn. Although I do like Jeff Blinn a lot. I, I like mean. Jeff Blinn. Yeah, he's cool. He can eat an egg like nobody's business. Yeah, yeah. So the one thing I always remember about that film, but there's two things. One, hard-boiled eggs. The second, pussy stabbing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That steps in. And we're talking about now uh, Jalo of Venezia. Yeah, yeah. Right? So sleazy fucking Jalo. So the train setting is always nice. It's always cool to have the train setting. Of course, it lends to claustrophobia. Uh, they go into a tunnel. Somebody wakes up with a letter opener in their back. Uh, yeah. So, you know, a very simple setup. I mean, there's only four people in the room. So Yeah, a priest. That's like Clue. There was like a priest, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, a Swedish model, <laughs> Colonel, Leonard Mann. Colonel Mustard's in the corner over Colonel there. Colonel Mustard's, yeah, <laughs> in the corner, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it's a very simple opening. Uh, my, one of my notes was the ever dangerous letter opener. Whoever decided that letters should be opened with a dagger-like instrument really should have thought twice about that. And yeah, it's I, just a, I never see those anymore. Of course, a lot of people don't get mail as much as they used to. But in business, I use a pen. I just stick the pen in the top and then push along the, the top. I use my finger. I, I, I tear the. I'll, I'll bend the corner of the the stamped of the uh, the glued envelope. Then I'll stick my finger in the envelope, somewhere to the way I stick my finger in Zom's asshole, and, and slide it. Does he have a tramp stamp on one cheek? Yeah. Then I slide it right across his taint. Yeah, that's right, man. No. You pull out the good stuff. But that I've always just used my finger, but uh, that that can be tricky, We're though. talking about the envelope now. Yeah, we are talking about the envelope. <laughs> I just love to give Zom hell. Love to give him a finger? Because I love, I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, um... But he did not like It's a Wonderful Life, like I said. Man, what was up with that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love his honesty. Oh, man. Um, there's some pretty good sex scene close-ups in this. This this, this film is kind of sexy. It's... Yeah. What, what? All right, so we're going to get into this a little bit now here, the, the, my issues with this film. This film, I thought the, the sex elements... Uh, some of the murder elements and stuff were good. I like the eyeball close up. It was a nice little, oh, yeah. nice little uh, f- uh, stylistic touch. Uh, also, kind of freaky out a little bit. 
if you well if you don't like close ups of eyeballs like me, uh, especially ones that move around that quick, kind of. But there's some nice sexual type stuff going on in here. Um, although I don't know who the the African American actress was that was the lead. She was oh, yeah. she had a little bit of a. <clears throat> Uh, Jaretta, Jaretta, you know, the girl from uh, yeah. uh, Demons. Demons. Um, who's actually told me happy birthday on Facebook before. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just, I'm going to assume she's Susie Jennings. Yeah, because. that's who I would assume it is as well. She is gorgeous as far as, and, and this is going to sound piggish, and I don't, I don't mean it to be, but just, you know, bear with me. She has got a killer body. Yeah. I mean, athletic, beautiful, this looks great. But I had some serious issues with the bone structure of her face. Yeah. And it really got to me in spots. And I, yeah, like yeah. I said, I know that sounds in a way kind of petty, but I don't mean it to sound that way. I just, yeah, yeah. you know, it just she didn't work for me in that way. And uh, she kind of came off a little kind of mannish for me in the face. But man, otherwise... No problems. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. The the, the, the women in the film are good looking. Uh, the Swedish lunkhead girlfriend's very pretty. Yeah, she's pretty. Um, unfortunately, she's such a lunkhead that oh my God. it sometimes will drive you insane. It does. Some of the comedy bits in the film I liked. I liked the scene where he's bitching about make eating fish. the fish, and then she brings him a bunch of fish. <laughs> some of it works, but I agree. There's some... It almost feels like a spoof of the genre. It does. It because does. Because the finale is so convoluted. Yeah. And so out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, there's some really ridiculous comedic things. One that I really liked, in spite of, like, I'd much rather have, like, a nasty giallo, is I actually really found the bit with the fucking umbrella really funny. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Because <laughs> she's such a lunkhead. Yeah. It's like, dude, she's not worth the headache. <laughs> yeah. Or headaches, plural. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. I did like the scene too. I, I mean, even though that same thing happens with the fish, I did like uh, when the train goes by that the whole damn house shakes. I did like yeah, that. Yeah. And I like that Leonard Man. Uh, you know, he likes to do his shower, but he doesn't even think about her clothes. He just brings her into the that uh, cold shower from the bucket and just you know, it's amazing. A nice little Leonard Man moment there. Uh, <laughs> There is a weird moment too. I think where uh, Leonard Man's in disguise, though, in this film, where he's at a phone call. Yeah, that's he, he, there's, yeah, that that's a bizarre moment. It's that's a, like that's like the ghost of Milian in yeah. him for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got a little bit of that vibe from this film. I got a little bit because at this point, I think in '77, Milian is the biggest Italian Eurocrime star, right? Yeah, so, sure. And he's doing and, a lot of wacky things. Yeah, and, he's doing the wacky stuff at this point. So, Cop and Drag is actually is for those who don't know, it was an actual film he made. Yeah. Cop and Drag. Yeah. So at this point, you know, you're starting to kind of, I think, when a genre starts to wear out its welcome, like this Yellow was in '77, it was starting to. Wayne, because even at this point, uh, Argento's kind of doing supernatural horror. He's jumped off it. Martino's done his stuff three or four years earlier. Yeah, Fulci did his, you know, definitely sooner than this. So yeah, and but he, but he came back last around. Film. Yeah, Fulci came back around. I don't think well, Argento kind of did too, but yeah, New York Ripper, some of the late cycle stuff. But this is much like um, Vengeance is at the, at the end of the real boom of the spaghetti cycle. Yeah. This is at yeah. the end of the Jalo cycle. Yeah. This has got some weird moments in it. It's got a strange musical interlude with the uh, the actress I was talking about earlier with the bone structure issues I had. Uh, oh, yeah. That's a very strange moment uh, because it plays out in full. That's the only reason why I say it's strange. It's like, wow, I thought they'd cut away by now, but they don't. Yeah. They're really padding this movie a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 
there's some bad dubbing of a pimp in this film that is up there with some of the worst dubbing of any film I've ever seen. Pretty that, dreadful, yeah. That character that helps him out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's oh, bad. Yeah. It is bad. But uh, I like the character. I just didn't like the dubbing, you know? No, I know. And I like that he takes him to that lady, and that lady's like a real tough, like almost like mafioso type. Yeah, that's right. She's only fucking around. Now, there is no reason for... <laughs> I mean, I know we talked about it already, but there's no reason for us to have to bear with that. I'm just going to be honest. Litter Man dresses up as a female hooker. Yeah. That, that hangs around way longer than it needs to. It totally does. And it's weird because Leonard Mann has always reminded me of Dean Stockwell. And in Blue Velvet, yeah. Dean Stockwell is in drag. <laughs> yeah. Right? Isn't yeah. he? No, well, he's... He's got makeup on or something. Yeah, he's got makeup on. He's effeminate. But, uh, or as oh, Dennis Hopper says, he's so fucking suave. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> imagine Dennis Hopper doing a Eurocrime man. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, he was, I mean, he was made for the genre. I mean, slapping motherfuckers. Certainly made for the genre. Because he did that run of like late 80s, early 90s cop films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did one. Remember, I, I screen capped it where he's running around with his dick out. He's just a piece of shit cop. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Really fun. It's really fun and sleazy. Mm hmm. Anyway, I remember that. I remember that. I can't remember the name of it though. <laughs> it's really fun though, man. He's fucking. He just chews up everything. Uh, the film does lack in style, except for the murders. Now that's not a bad thing because Jolly, that can kind of be the case. But yeah. I th- but I think the best Jolly directors uh, bring use, style. Yeah, they bring style to the whole film. Uh, this one is pretty static, except for the murders. I think it's well shot, and I think it's stylish enough. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think the Greek setting lends itself. Yeah, the Greek setting's great. And I think that as the film progresses, once you get past, not not the murder on the train, but once you get past and get into some other stuff, it becomes more stylish as it goes on. But it feels like that first, like, I don't know, 40-minute chunk, there's not, like, a whole lot of style going on for me. I think part of the problem is some of it is not stylish. I think some of it is more stylish than you do, but I, I do feel like the strength lies with some of the Greek, the stuff shot in Greece at night and the murders. Mm-hmm. A lot of their stuff isn't very stylish, but that stuff to me was very stylish. It's interesting. This direct, this is the last film he did until 1989. Then he didn't do anything else. He hasn't done anything. He's still alive, Maurizio Perdue, so He only directed seven films, but I've never seen anything. This is the first thing of his I've ever seen. I love that title that won, 28 Minutes for $3 million. I think I have that film. Who's that guy there? Because oh, it's a, Richard, it's a Richard Harrison film. <laughs> yeah, I have that film. Nice. I and like I've that. never seen it because there's another film I have with a similar title, which is called, I think it's called like 400 Million Lira in Four Minutes or something, or Four Four Minutes. Very similar title. I'm looking at a review of it right now. I know I shouldn't be doing that. But uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, we need to see this at some point. It looks like it's kind of overseen, over overlooked. Twenty eight minutes for three million dollars heist movie. I think that some of the misfires from this film. I think I liked it more than you. If I'm reading here properly, I, I think, I'd be curious how much more though. That, 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 I think we're I think we're going to be closer than you think. I think that the problems I have with this film are misfires more than they are incompetence. Yes. Because yes. I think Maurizio Perdot is a talented director who has the knack for showing style. He just doesn't stick with it enough and is more concerned with um, playing almost like parody to certain aspects of the genre. Yeah, yeah. He did a film called Ramon the Mexican 
which I'm wondering if that stars uh, Robert Hundar, who. Uh, oh, uh, that's uh, that's uh, uh, Gunan. Yeah, Isn't yeah, that's. They, I think it is Gunan. I'm looking yeah. to see. Is it Gunan? I think I thought that name was. Well, he was in Cutthroat's Nine. We did Cutthroat's Nine, and that, uh, that's why it led me down that road because we were talking about Cutthroat's Nine the other night. Uh, I don't think he is Gunan. I could have swore he was Gunan, though. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Some of the stuff we talk about on the show. I don't think he is Gunan. I could have swore he was Gunan. Yeah, me too, man. I'm going to look up Gunan right now while you're talking. He was in Lady Dynamite, though, which we did. Yeah. And he, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, he uh, is Gunan. Oh, no, 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 no. Never mind. I Googled Gunan. I IMDb Gunan, and then Gunan came up. No wonder I'm saying he's Gunan. Yeah. No. Uh, Pietro Torisi was uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gunan as Peter McCoy. Yeah. Claudio oh. Undari, also known as Robert Hundar. Uh, great striking face. Uh, he was in uh, a few westerns, that usually playing a bad guy. But yeah, man, cool. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm saying cool, but I'd never seen Ramon the Mexican. That's why I was clicking on that. So he did a spaghetti western, did a heist film. Uh, looks like he did a film called Churchill's Leopards. I'm just looking at that, and that looks like it's a ooh, that looks like it's a, a macaroni combat film. Richard Harrison nice. film again. Ooh, that could be bad though. Oh yeah, that could be bad. <laughs> Ooh, it's got Klaus Kinski in it, though. Oh, man. I've heard of that film. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's what I love about Italian cinema. You just end up in... You just you just click on stuff, and next thing you know, you're down a wormhole. You just... You don't even... You know, you just don't even know where you're going to end up. Yeah, no kidding. It looks like he worked with pretty big uh, actors in Italy, though. I mean, he worked with just about everybody we've already... Uh, he did a film called I Figle di Zana Bianca, which stars, stars Salvatore Borg- Borgesi? Or Borg- Borgesi? Sal Borgesi? Yeah. I think that means something like White Days, or I don't know. I have to look at the title. I'm not in front it's of it. It's got Piero Fabiani, Fabiani in it. Fabiani. Yeah, nice. Anyway, anyway uh, like I said, don't know much about the director at all. And uh, he wrote... He wrote Eight films. He directed seven films, and he worked on a film called Vulcan, Son of Jove, which sounds like it might have been a peplum oh. film or something. But um, yeah, it was Fury of Hercules, also known as. So he was he was working around back in those days. Which has an actor named Alush Kashabi. Alush, nice. Alush. Anyway, um, look, I think the film is good. I think it is certainly good. I think it's an interesting piece of giallo. It's just, I think for me. It's almost like anything when it comes to these genres. You expect so much you do, from yeah. the, from these um, that you know you sometimes get ones that are just. I think this one is perfectly fine, and I'll I'll, I'll even get into that more when I get to the score. But I know we're pinched for time here. Um, but like I did, I like some of those nasty close ups on the kills. Those were really good. I really think the second half of this movie is stronger than the first half. Yeah, that's fair. This is definitely a movie where I was kind of getting near. T- there's a lot of scenes with Robert Weber sitting behind a desk <laughs> talking about how he stopped smoking. Yes. And that stuff was pretty dry. Now, the, yeah. the, the dubbing has a little bit to do with that, unfortunately. But also, I just think the, those scenes are very static, very gray, very, very kind of boring compared to the rest of the movie. I think once it gets out and about, like when a man's on the run and stuff, it's a lot better of a movie. Yeah. Um, it does have a pretty great finale. Uh, it does with a really bad punchline. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> a really bad punchline, <laughs> but a fun finale either way. I thought yeah. the uh, the finale was really good. Like there comes a point where you can see it coming, yeah. but uh, it's okay because I wanted to. I wanted to experience it. So 
That's pretty much all my notes. I'll go ahead and let you get into it. Hey, I'll be quick. Greeks, uh, which appeals to me, Greece is a beautiful country. Um, yes. We should say, you know, I think I think the film's pretty well shot. I know the DOP worked on Second Crew on um, uh, the Leone Westerns and, you know, a few other things. So Pretty well scored, uh, too. We didn't, I didn't mention Riz. Well, Riz Ortolani, right? Yeah, I didn't mention Riz, but yeah. One of the uh, the all-time greats. People always quick to say Leone, 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 but Riz is one of the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. Um you know, cast is mostly unknowns other than Weber and Mann and maybe Vera Kruska, um, Greek yeah. actress. Man, she, I tell you, Greek titles are a minefield. I won't even attempt. Yeah, some um, of the Greek names. The first victim in here is a Greek name, Andre, An, Anti Andreopoulou. Palou. I, I, I don't maybe. Yo, Anti Andreopoulou. That's right. Yeah, Ooh. that's right. And then there's Lefteris Giftopoulos. Lefteris Giftopoulos. Yeah, that's... Um, I can't remember what the English translation is of Lefteris. It could be Bill. No, that's Vasily. Never mind. <laughs> Diverging. Uh, Good-looking disc from Shameless. Uh, really yeah. good-looking. Um, I'll tell you. You know, the Italians, like you mentioned, love doing the Italian, the Italian, the train set films. Hey, did you know? Did you know Riz is dead? I didn't know that one. Tw- January the twenty-third. That's like a week ago. Yeah, nobody even mentioned it. Yeah, Riz, oh, Riz, Riz Ortolani, January 23rd. No, actually, my bad. Last year. <laughs> Fuck. No wonder no one mentioned it. They must have mentioned it last year, I would hope. I don't, I don't remember anybody <clears> mentioning <throat> it last year. But, of course, you know, my, my memory's not great, so maybe somebody did. But, yeah, Riz is no longer with us. I didn't know that. I thought Riz was still around. So did I. That's very, very sad. Um, yeah, well, you know, we're all getting older. Yeah, no, for sure. All these great... Uh, and even, even Armando Chavioli only died in 2013, so... Yeah. A lot of the greats. We're losing a lot of the greats. Um, yeah, so um, they do a lot of films on trains in this genre that are really fun, like uh, Terror Express, which we both love, which is super-duper sleazy. Um, great disc from Camera Obscura. And then, yeah, of course... I always push that on people when they talk about it, like an Italian film that's underseen. I'm always like, oh, man, you got to check out Terror Express. Totally. Night Train Murders, I prefer to Last House on the Left. It's a fun one. Um, yeah, we ought to cover that at some point. Yeah, it's a fun one, man. There's a Blu-ray uh, of that now, I think. I think there is. Um, I love the line, hey, I photographed beautiful women. <laughs> I don't kill them. <laughs> uh, we get the black leather gloves. I have to think that Prado had a shoe fetish, the way he shoots some of the uh, shoe, you know, the feet and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you that one black chick, man. She loves fucking smoking while she takes a shit. She's loving the moment, man. I love that bathtub scene. Yeah, that's great. And we get that really extreme. I think we might get the most extreme close-up of a nipple and pube rubbing in the history of cinema. Like, yeah. I have to tell you, there's no way not to be crass here. There is no way because there's supposed to be a lesbian couple and one's eating the other one out. There's no way that. I mean, she was so close. Like, she had to know how that woman, other woman, how uh, how she smelled, man. Oh, because yeah. Because her face was, like, right in it. Yeah. Like, this, she, her nose was resting on her pubic bone, basically. I remember one of the killings. Wasn't it a uh, slashing in the pubic area? Might have been. Might yeah, I think it was a close-up, like a, a razor or a knife. Because I think this is a straight razor, Giallo, right? Which, yeah, you know, very sort of common in the genre. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I always call them that because, you know, there's knife... For me, there's like knife giallo, there's like slasher giallo where they use multiple different type of uh, things to kill. But, of course, the straight razor is always one of the great things because the straight razor, if you've ever handled a straight razor, it is an incredibly dangerously delicate uh, little tool. uh, Totally. That can fuck you up really quickly. So I've had straight razor shaves at barbershops, and even though I know the guy's a professional, (laughs) 
fucking freaks me out every time, man. Because I've seen him whip that blade out, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, no, it is because you're in a vulnerable position. Yeah. No. Uh, we should say Cipriani and Bakalov are still alive, so this, which is good. Um, but yeah, no, straight boys are always just like, ooh, it makes me cringe. I really love the glimpses of 70s Greece at night in this. I really love them. Like the trees, you know, it's a, like it's a beautiful country. Absolutely beautiful country. Um, did we get JMB at 21 minutes? Yeah. Which is good. Um, I'll tell you, man, you didn't mention it. Michelisi's still alive, too. Nice. There you go. So there's still some great ones left. I think Fabio, uh, Fabio Fritzi, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, I think he is, yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, I'm Facebook friends with him, yeah. He's, he's yeah, alive. yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So my, he looks pretty good for his age. He actually looks like my father-in-law, if I remember correctly. He does. Yes, he does. He looks yeah, like your father-in-law. Does. Yeah. Uh, Lionel Richie has to have seen this, Jalo. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to steal your note. Man, uh, <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Hello. There's an amazing, like, bronze bust of the black chick's head, and it totally looks like the blind sculptor woman's <laughs> Lionel Richie sculpture, man. I got to say, totally. that might be – I've always thought Lionel Richie has an enormous head, enormous yeah. weird face. Uh, and maybe that's why I couldn't get into the black actress in this because of the bone maybe. structure of her face because maybe it was the whole gold bust Lionel Richie thing. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um <laughs> it's not Leonard Mann. It's Leonard Woman. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the bust could have been Leonard Mann for all I know because uh, that oh, yeah. didn't look like her to me. I don't know. No, no, it didn't at all. <laughs> Leonard Mann has no tuck game. He doesn't have any tuck game. He doesn't know how to set with a skirt either. He sets with oh, his legs man. wide open. <laughs> open. Um, yeah, the fish scene you talked about. The, him and his girlfriend both wear double denim, which is great. Um, I think the best scenes for me in terms of how they were shot were the scenes in the dark, like the scene in the dark house with the spiral staircase and the blowing chiffon curtains. That's really good. Like that kill was really good. Yeah, um, that's all toward the back. I mean, I'm telling you, this movie the back end is yeah, pretty good. Yeah, this movie I had. That's why I'm struggling with this movie because this movie started slow, and I thought, man, this is going to be slow one and of, wacky. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be one of those jelly that's going to fall right in like the five to five and a half yeah. range for me. But then the back end really picks up the pace. Yeah, and, it does. And even though I don't like the punchline of the ending, I no, did like the way the ending developed. Even though, like most Yali, it <laughs> it's very overly complicated. But it is, man. But at least it worked. Yeah. No, it does. Um, oh, I hear a lot of footsteps. Um, the oh, yeah. bathroom killing this. Which, Starting to hear them yeah, too. Inspired by. Hey, didn't you sleep, bud? Daddy'll be done in a minute. Um, uh, we get an Orthodox priest, which is interesting because that's very much a Greek thing versus the Catholic priest of Italian film. Yep. Uh, the bathroom uh, scene, very much, I think, inspired by Deep Red. Bathroom. <laughs> <true>. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Card player had an amazing mustache. I don't know what that means anymore. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to edit this line in the interest of keeping it clean. Yeah. Uh, you must have stepped in poop when you woke up. <laughs> Yeah, poop's a fun. Poop's a popular word in our house. Yeah, poop's a great word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a great word. He's my best friend. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, strong use of shadows. We get that Greek fashion show. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I could go on and on, but I think Orlani's score, when it's kind of more aggressive and stuff, is really good. Um, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with the Orlani stuff. It's, it's there's some pieces that I don't really care for, but the aggressive stuff is good. 
Uh, okay, my make or break. I really like the bathtub scene. I mentioned that just a minute ago, yeah. but I really like that scene. Cool. I think it pays off well. Uh, I like the. Fa- I love the idea of blood from a faucet because oh man, yeah. the amount of work that has to go into any killer to get that to work. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> I mean, you work in the drainage business, so yeah, you know buddy, it's not easy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's literally like it's an impossible thing to pull off for the most part. It's so beyond. Yeah, it's like right up there with that chud thing of like the chud thing coming <laughs> through the drain. It's like how did yes. he, how did he fit through there? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, whatever. But anyway, it's, it's always kind of a fun convention when somebody, it, it, especially it's more fun when it's not dream logic. If it's dream logic and they turn a shower on, it's blood. Okay. I'll go with that. But mm-hmm. when it's reality, it's like, yeah. whoa, man, this killer's pretty fucking good. And then when you find out who the killer is, you're like, hmm, I don't know if they could have pulled that off. No, but no whatever. Kidding, man. Uh, my MVT, you're going to be surprised about this, but I actually like Leonard Mann the most in this movie. Nice. <laughs> I do like him quite a bit in this movie. I liked him more than I did in the Police Spar, believe it or not. Nice. Uh, I like him because he's a very likable hero in this. Like, I felt yeah, for him. I felt bad for him because he seems like such a likable guy. He's put in a bad spot, man. And he's put that letter spot. opener. But there are good killings in this film, too, I should say. Yeah. So it was right up there with that. There's some good quality Jolly killings in this. My score for the film was a 6.5 out of 10. I think it's very serviceable, very good. Uh, I just think half of it's better than the other half. So That's fair. Six and a half That's out fair. of ten. I think we can agree. So the first half's about five and a half, <laughs> and the second half's like maybe seven point two five, seven and a half, and you kind of meet in the middle because, you know, we're twinsies, it seems like. Um, that, make my, my review just went down the toilet. You could hear it just now. Yeah, I can hear that faucet <laughs> turn on. Uh, make or break is the first kill in the dark. I really like that. With a spiral staircase and stuff, really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, you're, you're, I thought you were talking about the train scene at first. Oh, yeah, that's actually the first kill. I guess the first, well, the second kill. Then you're I talking about say. the first, like, yeah, this, you're talking about the first proper Gialli kill. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, good. He's washing his hands. Kind <laughs> yeah. of well. Make or break is the cinematography. I love the nighttime the cinematography, especially daytime stuff's kind of static and just functional, but. The nighttime stuff is really good for me. My score is the exact same as yours, 6.5 out of 10. Yeah. Good Jolly, not a great Jolly, but it's still fun, man. And it's, you know, it, it does a lot, of, it's a lot of the beats that you want the genre to hit. So. Yeah. That's what I said. I didn't think we'd be too different on it. I think I, when I was watching it, I was like, I think Will's going to be right about the same spot I am. On oh, yeah. Because it, you know, like I said, it hits the beats right. It does everything correctly. It just doesn't do them in an extraordinary way. Yeah, no, exactly. So serviceable, again, on YouTube. Uh, there is a disc of it out there, which I didn't even know. You said that, and I found it on yeah, YouTube. But, it's a good-looking uh, disc. The YouTube uh, rip isn't too bad. So, All right, so that's the big show. Uh, we've been recording now for almost four hours. So Crazy. Old days. All right, uh, what are we doing next week? Uh, um, do you know? <laughs> do you know what you want to do? Uh, I do know what I want to do, yeah. Okay, uh, I... <laughs> Want to? Uh, I want you to tell me what you're going to do. And I'm My gonna... son just snuck up on me and hit me on, tap me on the arm. He scared me to death. Nice. Hey, you want to say hi? Hi. Hey, pal. <laughs> just stay right here for a second. I'm almost done. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um. You know what? Hey, little bub. We got two for the price of one. <laughs> we got all okay, three. You know all three boys are around now. All three boys. So we're gonna make this quick. I was gonna go with a lot of different things, but I think I think we're gonna get back to Larry Cohen, and we're gonna get to uh, one of our favorites, Yafakota. We're gonna do 1972's Bone, which I've meant to cover forever on the show. Okay, cool. Bone. That's awesome. Uh, my pick is uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, Time Cop. 
<laughs> nice. I love Time Cop. It's so underrated. So we'll, we'll, we'll call that episode Time Bone. <laughs> time Bone. <laughs> yeah, uh, good old Time Bone or Bone Cop. Bone Cop might bone even Bone Cop is even better. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, everybody enjoy their week. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll say adios. Adios. Hey, Landon, you want to give him an adios? You want to say adios for me? Come here. Come here. I'm going to see if you... You're not really good at it. Come here. Let's let's see. Let's see if you can do one. I just want one. Hey, come on. It's, it's it's just Will on the on the thing here. You don't just to give a get just say adios. Adios. <laughs> oh, that's right. good. That's good enough. Bubby, right. Bubby, say adios. Adios. <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com, and you can email the gentleman. Midnight Cinema at gmail.com.